pulling out of a dandy here. Just got some gasoline. And I am, this is Rich Wilson, by the way. I am Rich Wilson. I am the host of Death by Bungie. I am the host of Talking with Bungie that you are listening to right now. I never identify myself on these things, and I should do that. So I'm also going to tell you it is December 23rd. According to my watch, it's December 24th. That would make it Christmas Eve, and that's not correct. These watches, what a pain in the neck it is to have multiple watches that tell you the date. I don't like that. It is a nuisance, and the reason it's a nuisance is because the dates are never correct, and I try to adjust them, and, you know, I got four watches, and they're never all in adjustment. Does that sound familiar? You're probably thinking, what does that have to do with crossbows, Rich? This is supposed to be about crossbows and crossbow hunting. Well, here's the deal, okay? Here's the dealio. Yeah, it has to do with crossbows because if you got four crossbows, all four of them are never all sighted in, tuned up, ready to go, are they? Right? It's a pain in the neck because you got more stuff. You got more stuff to tinker with and fiddle around with, and it's a nuisance. I can tell you from my experience, now going on, what, 14, 15 seasons, whatever, I don't know, some ridiculous amount of seasons, with more than a decade, let's say, of experience hunting with the OB, the original bungee, right? Hunting with that crossbow and only that crossbow, that's always in tune, right? Always ready to go and always ready to go shoot some deer and get the job done and the whole bit. With our modern setup, not so much, right? With multiple crossbows, not so much. I am really liking my current setup, the SWAT X1, with the 500 grain arrows tipped by a 150 grain SWAT hacker, which is included in that 500 grain total arrow weight, by the way. I get that question from time to time, and we should specify that. And the Burke Coyote Luminize, Dragon Claw arrows seem to really, really fly well out of that crossbow. And the SWAT X1 really seems to like it. The Burris Oracle X really seems to like the SWAT X1, and they are a perfect pair. They really, really fit together well. These, for me, are the perfect combo, the perfect crossbow setup, and they provide crossbow perfection for me. And that's not an exaggeration. That is a fact. That is a truth. And I'll talk a little bit about why the Swahacker is part of that perfect crossbow setup, right? Uh, I kind of got sidetracked a little bit here talking about multiple crossbows and having lots of different gear. But with modern equipment, crossbow hunting equipment, I'm not talking about compound bow hunters. I'm talking about crossbows, modern crossbows shooting pretty close to 400 feet per second or better with a 400 grain arrow or better, right? You're doing that kind of stuff. You're in and above the 0.7 slugs of momentum area. You do that, you're probably pretty good as far as penetration is concerned, and you do not have to rely on a fixed blade broadhead to achieve the amount of penetration, the pass-throughs that you deserve as a crossbow hunter. You don't need to have the fixed blade broadhead anymore. Those are a piece of equipment from the past. It's kind of where I'm going with this, right? That's kind of my opinion. On that note, I was just listening to a podcast here. So what I'm doing today, I'm actually headed uh, back to the old homestead there. I'm going to get rid of a pile of my last pile of political signs 
that are in the bed of this pickup truck. I am going to get rid of those and put them in storage at, at the old homestead there along with all the other political signs I had from my campaign this year. 2023 is coming to a close. My first and perhaps only, who knows, campaign year came to a close. I started the year off running for district attorney in my home county, won the nomination of both the Democrat and Republican parties. My Republican party supported me, but also the Democrats supported me and wrote me in to get on the ballot on the Democratic ticket. So it was a shoo-in in November, won the November general election, and I get sworn in right as soon as the uh, courthouse opens up on January 2nd, I get sworn in right in my home county. I'm very proud of that. Really big deal. You know, that's a big deal for me. It's kind of 25 years of being a lawyer. That is like the pinnacle of my career. So it's kind of a big deal. So I've got this pile of signs. It was a ton of work, right? So much work. And you guys who are friends of Bungie who missed these podcasts and you guys who missed the videos. I really appreciate your support and you following the channel, following the podcast. And now here we go. We're back in business, aren't we? It won't be, I got a lot of work to do it, you know, my job. So it's not going to be as though I can spend all this time doing it, but I intend to devote my spare time and my weekends to death by bungee like I always have. I intend to do that. I just listened to a podcast. Oh, I'm going to get rid of these signs. That's, that's the point here. I'm going to go and get rid of these signs and drop them off in storage. And if I need them in four years and I run again, then I'll use them then. But uh, they've been, the last 20 or so signs are sitting in the bed of the pickup truck and that's kind of a nuisance, you know. You're always worried about them blowing out or whatever. Like the rest of my day, I'm actually gonna go scout on state game lands after I do this. I'm gonna drop these off uh, and then I'm gonna head to state game lands and put in a couple of miles of walking and looking for mast trees, looking for the signs of deer movement throughout the season, any evidence of where deer were active this fall and leading up into December, maybe through the rifle season, what have you. Look for some rubs and scrapes and fun stuff. And then I'll know where, I'll have some ambush sites, I'll pick them out to where I can come back next year, right? I'm adding to my repertoire of crossbow hunting ambush sites. That's what this is all about. And it gets me some exercise in the off season when I'm not push mowing the lawn. Broadheads. Let's talk about broadheads. Let's get to the topic. I'm eight minutes into this thing and haven't really talked about broadheads. So I just listened to a podcast, which is what I like to do when I'm on the road for any length of time, uh, or if I'm push mowing lawn. I listened to a podcast, and the one that I listened to, I think it was Kafaru Cast. Uh, real neat guy. I've been listening to that for years. Great stuff. He's interviewing John Lusk of Lusk Archery Adventures, I think it is. He's a YouTube channel I've been following for years and years also and does a lot of broadhead testing, that kind of stuff. Real good guys, and they're talking about broadheads. And John Lusk had a point that I wanna talk about. Now, the point he made was, they're talking about one and done broadheads and mechanicals, you shoot it, it goes through a deer, kills the deer, you're good enough, you put another one on for the next hunt. I'm kind of in that camp, right? I don't expect to reuse my broadheads, although I do put new blades in the Swahackers if they survive the hunt, if they're not bent, then I will uh, put new blades in them, spin them, make sure they're going to shoot good, and then I will hunt with those. i got no problem doing that whatsoever. Love it. Love it to death, right? The Swahackers are kind of set up for that because the blades, you can buy those replacement blades, they're real easy to install, did videos on that and all that kind of stuff. But also, those three-inch blades, they get all wadded up when they go through a deer, don't they? 
right? You pick them up off the food plot or you pick them up off the ground, pull them out of the tree or whatever you do. And you always see that those blades are bent, wadded up and everything else. So they are kind of a one and done broadhead. You're not just gonna fold the blades up and go hunting with it again. Frankly, you can't do that with a fixed blade either. You gotta take it home sharp and make sure that it's still intact and all that good stuff. But here, and he made a very good point in this podcast, John Lust did. And that point was that when is it one and done? That's the key. When, right? Is it one and done after it exits the animal? You got your pass through, the animal's running off to die, and you find the blade, the broadhead, you find the arrow right there in the food plot, you pick it up. Is that when it's one and done? Or is it one and done when it hit the deer in the first place? And those blades wadded up, bent, broke, whatever they did, on impact. And that way, on the way through the deer, they don't do as much cutting down damage they aren't they don't have the diameter anymore because they're bent they're broken whatever and then they maybe don't even pass through maybe they don't exit because there's not enough blade left sharp blades left right one and done when is it one and done man that's a good point right so i made this point a little bit recently on uh video when i was i did a video about the swaggers here recently and why that's part of my perfect crossbow setup. And I'm gonna elaborate on that here. When your fixed blade broadhead that you are so proud of, of how you've sharpened it, you got a wet stone or whatever it is you use to sharpen stuff and you're sharpening it all up and you can shave the hair on your arm, blah, blah, blah. And then you shoot that deer. Understand that the minute that broadhead hits that deer or other animal, it is no longer as sharp as it was when it left the crossbow. And it only gets duller the entire time it's doing its job. And by the time it comes out the other side of the animal, obviously you got to take it home and sharpen it before you use it again. But it is hitting the opposite shoulder. It's hitting the opposite side of the rib cage or whatever it's doing, trying to exit the animal. And it is duller than it was and it's dinged up, right? It is not 100%, it's not. Now, most of your mechanicals, same deal. They hit the deer, they open up on impact and those same blades are trying to do all the cutting of the lungs or the heart or arteries and trying to do surgical cutting on their way through the animal when they just got wadded up or bent or dinged up or dulled on impact, right? And as they go through the animal, they aren't doing their job to the best of their ability anymore because the ability is compromised. They aren't able to do the job that we would want them to do. So all the time that we spent taking them apart and sharpening them up and doing all this stuff ahead of time almost makes no difference because by the time it's cutting heart and lungs, it's already cut a rib cage, right? Or a shoulder blade or the meat and tendon. Uh, sinew and tendons on the shoulder of the animal or whatever what have you it's already done damage to itself it is already compromised contrast that with the swahacker right what does the swahacker do hits the animal the feral like inch and a half two inches long that's already in the animal directing 
the arrows travel the path through the animal. It's already in there. It's already committed. Already committed. It's not going to glance off, go somewhere else if you're shooting at some odd angle. It's already committed because it's hooked into that animal. Then the two little blades, and their blades are sharpened, they impact the hide, right, in the rib cage, and cut through. So you'll have a one inch entrance wound, not very big. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. One inch is not crossbow perfection. Let me just, I'm gonna go right now and tell you, if you are shooting a one inch broadhead, that is not crossbow perfection. Try again, <laughs> okay? But those one inch blades now, the bands pop and it triggers the opening of those larger blades, which are now already inside the animals, already inside the rib cage. So what happens now? What happens next is those things open up and they have to open because those one inch blades cannot en enter that animal and pass through that animal without peeling those other blades open. And as those blades are traveling, passing through the animal, they are gonna do their cutting. And here's the difference with the Swahacker. Those blades are fresh. They are untouched. They are as sharp as they were out of the box. You wanna take them apart and sharpen them up a little bit more, you can do that, I suppose. I don't, I don't see any need to, I've never had a need to. But they are cutting arteries, they are cutting veins, they are cutting the heart, they are cutting the lungs with fresh blades. Surgical precision, right? It's a very sharp, brand new one, right? So it does that, and then by the time it encounters the opposite shoulder or the opposite side of the rib cage, what do we have? We have the feral already with a chisel tip poking out the outside of that animal. It's already penetrated the opposite side of the animal and ready to leave the animal. And then what do we have? Those three inch blades, which have only come in contact with arteries and hearts and lungs or whatever, hopefully, or, you know, if you're shooting back and it's liver or whatever, uh, and if you're in the guts, you're in the guts, but I'd rather have that three inch swath going through the guts ask me how I know, right? My bear in Maine, uh, that was a liver and uh, gut shot, basically. I think stomach and liver is what we got on that bear. And uh, she was easing forward just a little bit. So that's a good, that was a great video, great story. But it cuts through. Now it's committed to exiting the animal in that location. And blades that have only been, they're not 100% sharp, but they haven't gone through height, they haven't gone through bone, they have only gone through organs, those blades are going to be a lot in a lot better shape than the blades that have gone through hide and hair and bone. They will now press through and carve out the other side of that animal and leave you with a three inch, if that's the model that you choose, the number two five ones, that's the ones I use, uh, three inch exit wound. And I will tell you, um, in my opinion, for crossbow perfection, there is absolutely no reason to not use a number 251, 150 grain broadhead on the end of your arrow if you are a crossbow hunter like me. Why, you know, the reason for that is the reason why I say that is because you have the added weight, the added front of center to the extent that that makes any difference, but that's those are only good things. The added weight is only a good thing. It increases your penetration and it's going to drop your uh, speed down a little bit, but it's 50 grains. It shouldn't make any real significant difference on a modern crossbow that you're going to see in the field. It's not going to make much difference. It is a 
uh, a bigger cutting diameter because you're going from two or two and a half to three inches, right, by going up to that weight. So I say 100% you go with the heavier weight and that's what we do. So on that note, I should add something here for you too. Now, I am not sponsored by Swahackers, right? Well, you can go to swacker.com and you can buy broadheads of your choice, excluding, I think, the Levi Morgan series. But you can use coupon code Bungie2324, right? B-U-N-J-I-E, all capital letters. 2324, all one word. Do that, I think you get 15% off on Swacker broadheads on your order. That's pretty cool. So I just reached out to them. Like, I, if I buy broadheads, and or, yeah, I think, you know, I just type that in there, I'll get the 15% off. I don't even know that I've used it, to be honest with you, but because um, I'm reusing still. I'm still on old stock of <laughs> Swackers. I brought, bought so many of these without the coupon code years ago. But if you do that, you get 15% off. That's pretty cool. Go ahead and do that. And Luminox, by the way, I do like the Luminox. You can go to Luminox.com, use their Knox selector, make sure you, that they're going to work for your crossbow, check with your manufacturer, all that good stuff. But you want 10% off on Luminox. I think it's uh, coupon code Bungie, and you got yourself 10% off on the Luminox, the Bird Coyote Luminox. Pretty cool. So just throwing that out there, right? That's part of my crossbow perfection, my perfect crossbow rig, and that's why I use it. But that three-inch cutting diameter, man, I like seeing it. I like seeing it when it goes out the other side of the animal. And I can tell you from experience, it is crossbow perfection. These things, I've used them on Bungie, used them on Bungie Jr., Genevieve has. Uh, we have shot these on um, uh, the Scorpid Death Stalker, right? And Bungie 3.0, the slick black Cadillac, and shot them out of the SWAT X1, the new Bungie 4.0, the Enforcer, right? So we have each of these crossbows and tested these broadheads on each of these crossbows, and they performed the same one inch entrance wound, three inch exit wound, time and time again. Blood trails ranging from good and decent somewhere in that range to phenomenal right no lost deer knock on wood man i'm telling you I, I don't like saying that because it's bound to happen at some point but since i've been using the swaggers i haven't lost a deer now i'm also using equipment that i am very very dialed in with more so than ever before in my whole hunting career i mean i'm using the best equipment that i got out there that uh Burris Oracle X scope is part of that perfect crossbow setup. The more modern crossbow shooting 400 feet per second, I think really does change things in the world. Man, you can't back up without four-wheel drive in this place. That's kind of nuts. Kicking the four-wheel drive, man. What are you doing? You see here looking at me or what are you doing? <laughs> uh, anyway, we're backed up. Now. But so there's a lot of factors here. It's not just the broadhead, right? The broadhead is just a part of that overall system that I have that I've developed, the perfect crossbow setup that I have developed. So I'm going to unload these dumb signs here, <laughs> get rid of those. They've been in the back of the truck for a week. So I'm going to unload those and then I'm going to come back and talk to you about the second part of this, which was some posts that I read on Facebook recently and get you my thoughts on that. And then you can leave me your thoughts and contact me or whatever and tell me your thoughts on the same subject matter. All right, we are back in business and I am pulling out Hopefully the four-wheel drive is going to work there. Had a nice little breakfast with my mother. And I'm going back on my journey to the state game lands to uh, scout. 
the state game lands. I got a little spot picked out I want to walk today, do a couple of miles or something, trudge around in the woods, got the boots, got the fluorescent orange just in case they fall down, get hurt, just in case somebody's out there shooting pheasants or something like that. They will see me and know not to shoot me. And if I get hurt or something, they'll know where I am and they'll be able to find me. All good stuff. So I'm going to pick up where we left off. And the second topic here, when we're talking about broadheads, talking about important crossbow related subjects when it comes to broadheads, we're talking about penetration, aren't we? Now, penetration, believe it or not, has changed over the years. Hear me out. Penetration has changed over the years. And you're probably thinking, Rich, that's impossible. What are you talking about? Deer haven't changed, right? No. But the equipment has changed. Uh, here's a pet peeve of mine. Okay, a little pet peeve, right? We all have our pet peeves. I don't really have a lot of them, I guess. But when it comes to crossbows and stuff that I'm passionate about, there are things that kind of bother me, that kind of irk me, right? One of them is this statement, and you hear this all the time, the arrow doesn't care what shoots it. Man, do I hate that statement. <laughs> Hate's a pretty strong word, but it does kind of irritate me because, and, and I get where they're coming from. Basically, the idea of the folks that say that, that will give you that load of crap, <laughs> those people are all shooting older equipment like vertical bows and all that good stuff. And when they pull back their vertical bow and they release the arrow, it flies somewhere between 240 and 300 feet per second. So the arrow doesn't care what shoots it because they're all shooting about 0.4 slugs of momentum, so the arrow doesn't care. But I got to tell you, that doesn't apply to crossbows, right? A modern crossbow, 0.7 slugs of momentum. That is the envy of the archery world. All those heavy arrow guys working harder and harder and harder with heavier arrows, pushing their equipment to the limit in order to get close to that 0.7 slugs of momentum. They have to pull back farther. They have to pull back heavier. They have to use heavier arrows and all this other jazz, right? Whatever else. I don't even know how this stuff works. I don't know why people use compound bows. I don't even know. I don't even know why they use them, but they do. So that is what it is. I get that, and I get why people say that. It irks me as a crossbow hunter because it makes a huge difference whether my 400 grain arrow is shot out of the original bungee at 275 feet per second or whether it is shot out of the SWAT XP at 405 feet per second or so, right? That makes a big difference. Like how much difference? 130 feet per second difference, right? And what does that 130 feet per second translate to? A ton of kinetic energy and a ton of momentum. Don't tell me the arrow doesn't care. It cares a great deal. In fact, it is everything to the arrow and the value of that arrow that you have launched because those numbers don't exist on slower equipment. So faster crossbows produce more energy and more momentum with the same arrow. So it makes all the difference. How can you say it doesn't make any difference? How can you say it doesn't care? It makes all the difference. It totally changes the face of your hunting goals, doesn't it? It makes a huge difference, right? It also changes trajectory. It changes a lot of things. So in this day and age, I don't I, I've kind of, you know, I'm the guy that struggled for years and years and years using the original bungee. bungee. Love that crossbow. I still tempted every once in a while to go back to it. And now that I'm shooting the SWAT X1, though, right now at least, right now, December 23rd, 
whatever date it is. We don't even know, do we? <laughs> but right now, December 23rd, 2023, shooting that SWAT X1, killing two nice bucks this season with it. Uh, that really, and it's, it doesn't have to be a SWAT X1. I really do like the SWAT X1. I mean, that, that thing is just, you know, but that to me is my perfect crossbow setup. And that's why I'm telling you that. And that's why I'm, I'm not trying to sell you a SWAT X1. I don't have any affiliation with any of these companies, nothing like that, right? I'm just out here trying to enjoy crossbow hunting. So you're getting my honest opinion of what I like and what I don't like. But it does make a big difference to the arrow, what is shooting it. And if it's coming out of a modern crossbow, it doesn't have to be a SWAT X1, but if it's coming out of a modern crossbow with that kind of momentum, and if you're shooting a 375 feet per second crossbow, that's great too. That's great too. Makes a lot of difference over my old 305 with the 350, right? Bungie shot 305 feet per second with a 350 grain arrow. That's not acceptable in the modern world. It's just not, right? And that's why I was into the heavy arrows, just to beef that up. So what I'm getting at is when you're shooting something faster, a more modern piece of equipment, you don't have to worry about the heavier arrows as much. Now, there's other reasons. It'll quiet your crossbow down, right? That's true. It will make your crossbow happier long-term because the limbs will not be absorbing as much energy every time you shoot it. So that will make a difference. I don't think it fixes a poor crossbow design or poor materials. It will not fix user error and it will not fix the, uh, you know, a flaw in the crossbow itself. Like if you got a, a bum limb, it's going to break at some point anyway, right? Something that happens. There's lots of reasons why crossbow limbs break and crossbows in general break. That is just... But, you know, it can't hurt shoot a little bit heavier. So, I think, and that goes back to that crossbow efficiency discussion, doesn't it, right? The videos on it a couple years back. So, here's the thing, though, what my point is. When we talk about broadheads, there was a Facebook post here recently about, uh, that I was reading. Because I, I read stuff all day long on crossbows. I'm constantly involved in this stuff. I don't really comment on it, but I do uh, read them. Right? I'm always reading that stuff. And there was a Facebook post suggesting that you aren't going to get pass-throughs with mechanicals, period, right? Now, this post came from an Excalibur fan uh, page on Facebook. Now, here's the flaw in that thinking. The Excaliburs really aren't typically obtaining modern speeds, are they, right? Excalibur last year came out with a crossbow, a brand new model that shoots 305 feet per second. Something that I had in 2010 from an Excalibur, right? Still hanging on the wall, still hunting. Still killed two does this year with it, right? Still gets the job done. Great little crossbow. You can get the job done with that, right? But it's not a modern speed, that's for sure. With that crossbow, that old slow crossbow, you are gonna wanna shoot fixed blade broadheads pretty much because that's what you're gonna get your pass-throughs with. With a heavy arrow, and I'm talking 563 total grain weight, I can put a swahacker through a bear, but I can't put a rage through a bear, I'm betting, right? Because that opens on impact and eats up too much energy on impact. Now, the post, 
brought up, and I'm not criticizing anybody that participated in that post. I don't want this to read that way. I don't want you to take that from this conversation. That is not what I'm suggesting, not being critical even, because the posts come from people who are very, very interested in crossbows, very knowledgeable about crossbows, trying to share their knowledge. But the, the but here, and I hate to put a but in here, but the but for me is it matters what the arrow is shot with. If you're shooting it out of a mag 340 from Excalibur with a 350 grain arrow, a crossbow that can only get 340 feet per second with a 350 grain arrow. That means the minute you start adding weight to get a proper amount of penetration on that slow crossbow, you are now slowing it down even more, probably under 300 feet per second. So that is a different discussion, right? Now I'm on that page. I do like crossbows and I do like Excalibur, right? I have my problems with them and I don't presently, I mean, I wouldn't go out and buy an Excalibur today, just not my bag. That's not saying you shouldn't, maybe it's the right crossbow for you. But to get modern speeds, Excalibur struggles to give you that, right? Even their fastest crossbow, they had the Bulldog 440. They've discontinued that, I believe. I think they're down to, they're looking to move into just the micro line. And I think that they can get 400, maybe 420 out of the micros. I could be wrong. You go look at that and let me know if I'm wrong. But that's their, and we'll see what they do here. We're a month away from learning all kinds of new stuff about Excalibur. So there's lots going on in this crossbow world, right? But the interesting thing I gotta tell you, okay, when I talk to you about penetration and broadheads and what we have out there as far as these options are concerned, on those slower crossbows and on that page, it's coming from a point of thinking that the arrow is only going to be shot out of something that is old and slow, like an Excalibur Mag 340. Understand, that's a crossbow. They were shooting 340 back 10 years ago. Right? And they're still selling crossbows that shoot 340. Raven doesn't sell a crossbow that shoots 340, I don't think. Even that little uh, pistol crossbow that came out with that R18 or whatever it is, that thing doesn't shoot 340 feet per second. I think it goes like 360 or something. Uh, I could be wrong on that too, I don't know. But my point is that that's not a modern speed. That's my point, right? So if we're shooting those and the discussion is limited to those crossbows shooting under 340, with a 400 grain or even heavier arrow, you probably don't want to be using the mechanicals at all. You probably do want to use a fixed blade broadhead because you're going to struggle to get pass-throughs. Now, if you're shooting at the ribs uh, and you get in that bungee triangle or the vital V, whatever you want to call it, yeah, it, maybe you can penetrate that and get through on a perfect uh, rib shot, rib-only shot, assuming there's no deflection and everything else. I killed plenty of deer with a 350 grain arrow and got through them with a two inch cutting diameter rage broad at 100 grain, right? The original rage crossbow hypodermic. Use those a lot, had good success with those. But I also had on bigger deer trouble getting through there. And if I hit the shoulder at all, the meat in the shoulder, forget it, it wasn't going through, right? The deer's running off of the arrow. And you saw that even when I moved up to 150 grain, right? The tripan you saw that because that crossbow broadhead is eating up a lot of energy on impact. And the other thing it's doing, right, the other problem that you have with it is the speed. That just factors into your momentum and cuts down 
the ability of that arrow to penetrate because the arrow does in fact care what shoots it. That makes the difference. So you got to evaluate the source of this information. And that's kind of where I was going with this idea that for the certain audiences, it's true. Like if you're in a compound group, bow group, you know, that criticism of a mechanical broadhead, there's a lot of truth to that. There is a lot of reason to say, hey, that's a good point. You know, you really probably shouldn't use a fixed blade broadhead and be looking at that stuff. But that's not what we're doing here. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not who I am. I am a crossbow hunter. I deserve a pass through on each and every shot. And I can get that with a mechanical broadhead. If you're shooting one of the new crossbows out there that shoots like 450 and above, those ultra modern speeds, and now we're going to see some you know, there's 500s out there, aren't there, right? And we're seeing, I'm betting this year we're going to see some even faster ones, okay? So keep your ears and eyes open. You're going to hear uh, more from Death by Bungie as these new ones come out in the spring. I'm pretty excited about that. But understand that crossbows shooting those tremendous speeds, those crossbows are going to have a lot easier time blowing through a deer, right? So the other thing was, I remember I talked at the beginning of this, I was talking about how, not just does the arrow care what shoots it, but I was also talking about how things have changed with penetration over the years. We've gone from that 305 feet per second being kind of a standard, right? In 2010, three, 300 to 305 was your modern speed. Um, there were a few 400s out at the time, but boy, they were having problems. That was the ultra-modern speed. We've added to that so significantly over my uh, 13, 14 years, 14 seasons, I guess, of crossbow hunting, I should say. And over that time, we've seen that development, that evolution of penetration. Today, with modern speeds, I don't aim at that bungee triangle anymore. I don't. I don't aim at the vital V. I don't care about that anymore. I'm aiming at the shoulder. I'm shooting right up front, not too far up front, right? I want pinpoint accuracy, but I want to be in the meat of the shoulder. And I want to go right there at where the heart is. I want to go right there through where the lungs are, top of the heart, bottom of the lungs, front of the lungs, where all the arteries are. And that's what gives you those spectacular blood trails. It also means that when the deer's running off, if you got a pass through, its leg is going to be covering up and uncovering and covering and uncovering the uh, exit wound and the entrance wound, maybe, uh, as it's running. But that happens, right? Not a big deal. Not a big deal. But here's the benefit to penetration. And here is the other little caveat, let's say about penetration in broadheads. When they tell us that you gotta use a fixed blade if you're shooting those older, slower crossbows, I think Swacker is an exception. It's an exceptional broadhead. It's an exception because it opens on the inside. You only need enough penetration to get the one inch blades in there right, which it can do in its sleep. Pretty much any archery equipment can get a one inch, it's a single bevel broadhead, one inch inside that deer. That ferrule goes in, those one inch blades cut and open up the other ones. 
blades. Now you've got the three inches cutting fresh blades going through. Think how much easier it is to push fresh blades out the opposite shoulder than it is to push gnarly ones that are all wadded up, right, for your other mechanicals that are already spent, already doled up from cutting the hide, cutting the hair, cutting the bone, cutting the muscle, and then cutting all the organs. You're so much better off with those fresh blades. It's so much easier for them to exit the other side of the animal. And that's why I've had, with the exception of spine shots, and that's another discussion, right? Deer jumping the string. You don't have that so much with the faster crossbows. It does seem to make a difference at reasonable hunting distances. But with the OB shooting 305 feet per second, that thing struggles to get through the other. You know, you're hitting the shoulder blade. You're hitting the, uh, just not enough momentum there. I'm in the point sixes with that even with the heavier arrows, can't quite get to that point seven uh, slugs with that uh, on paper at least. So, but it's enough to really most of the time get the job done on that crossbow on a 20 yard shot. But deer duck the string on 20 yard shots on that crossbow at 563 grains. So like that's not crossbow perfection, you understand? So I'm kind of getting to the point where like the SWAT X1, that's the speed, like I'm not willing to go slower than that or I really just don't have an interest in hunting the slower stuff because there's just no point. Now, that doesn't, again, this is another discussion about whether I'd hunt with 550 or 500 feet per second or 550 feet per second or 505 or whatever's out there, that kind of stuff. I, I'm not saying that I'm looking to hunt with that, okay? We're, we've got different things here, different things going on, right? So when we hit 600 feet per second, I just, you know, they're going to have to come out with a four inch slacker for me to hunt with a 600 feet per second crossbow or something, you know what I mean, down the road, or even a 500 feet per second. Um, I still marvel at the technology, just not going to hunt with it at this point. Let everything catch up, then I'll, then I'll do that. So, but when we're shooting these swankers, that second hole is typically the most important one to me, and that's the three-inch hole with these broadheads. So what you have is, you have the angle, too, from a tree stand typically, you'll have that angle coming down where the angle has the one inch hole up higher and the three inch hole down lower. And think about that, that lower hole is the one that's gonna let the blood out, the blood is gonna run downhill. So obviously the lower that is in the animal, the better. And that's why you want the three inch hole on the exit. It's a perfect setup, it really is. So people need to understand. So I guess there's two things here from that. One is it does matter what shoots the arrow. That's, you can't talk about penetration and suggest that the broadhead is the only factor. It's a very important factor in penetration, but the difference between 300 feet per second and 400 feet per second is tremendous. And don't, you know, that it's apples to apples, not apples to oranges. If you're shooting 300 feet per second, don't tell me what I can shoot at 400 feet per second, right? That, that's where I'm going with that. The modern crossbows open up a whole, all the, the entire world of broadheads is available to you. The world is your oyster. Choose the broadhead you want to use and then see how it flies and you know go out there and get the biggest broadhead you can if you're shooting 400 feet per second. That's what I'd say. So that's kind of where I'm at with that, right? This is a fun little podcast. I hope you got something out of it. This has been Talking with Bungie. Let me know your thoughts, right? On deathbybungie.com or on the Facebook page, you can do that. Um, I am almost to my destination in the state game lands. I'm going to park and walk and hopefully find a whole bunch of really cool buck sign 
and deer sign for next year and a nice tree to maybe hang a stand in or a nice little patch of something to sit in that kind of thing and we'll go from there oh one other thing i don't know when you're going to hear this but merry christmas <laughs>